Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. As Jamie said, my name is Lindy Pinkson, and I'm um, the director of the children's ministry here at Antioch and also the women's pastor. And um, I just have to put a plug in today. If you're not doing anything, come to my house from one to I think five, maybe. We're going to swim and we live on the lake. We're going to do kayaking and canoeing. And so everybody's welcome um, to do that. And um, I'm going to introduce my family. We have a picture here. This is us. This is where I was last Sunday. We were at camp. That, um, the one on the left is Joa. He's my 14-year-old. That's Joshua, 16. That's my awesome husband, Conan, down here. And then Jonathan, who's 11, in the front. And we were um, able to go with almost 600 Antioch uh, movement people um, to camp last weekend. It was awesome. I mean, I got wrecked. So I'm still overflow from um, last weekend. I cried in every session, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is kids' camp, but I'm getting totally ministered to. Every worship set, I was like, yes. And so I am excited about um, this morning and this summer series of Living Out in Love. And um, when Jamie asked me, if I could preach on today, and he's like, and by the way, this is um, the day that the church calendar celebrates Pentecost Sunday. And I was like, "Woo! does that mean I can preach on the Holy Spirit? And he was like, yeah. And so I'm so thrilled. I love this topic. Um, I've taught on this topic for, in kids ministry for close to 20 years. Um, I love teaching kids about the Holy Spirit. And I'm excited to kind of share with you guys some of my journey of experiencing the Holy Spirit and what it means. And um, excited about today. So I'm going to pray as we get started. So Holy Spirit, we just welcome you in this place. Just as we've just been singing or overflowing with your spirit and you're here and we invite you here and we ask you to come and have your way in our hearts this morning. We bind up distraction in the name of Jesus and we release the ability just to focus and to get all that you have we bind up any fear on past experience with the Holy Spirit, and we release faith. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right. So talking about the Holy Spirit goes great with this theme because re- really we can't live a, a love and a life in a way that changes the world unless it is outside of ourselves. You alone cannot love to make a difference into people's lives. And so the main idea today is the Holy Spirit empowers us to live lives that are marked by supernatural love for the Trinity, for others, and for those who don't know Jesus yet. All right, so we're gonna touch, that's gonna be weaved in my message all today. We're gonna start with Acts chapter one. We're actually gonna start um, in chapter four, I mean, chapter one, but verse four. And I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. I read this several times when Jamie uh, asked me to preach. I've been reading this, this passage over and over, and I landed on the, pas- the pas- Passion Translation. And so it says, Jesus instructed them, and this is after he had risen, just a little background. He'd risen, and he'd, he'd shown himself for 40 days to all the disciples. And he instructed them, he says, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait here until you receive the gift I told you about, the gift the Father has promised. For John baptized you in water, but in a few days from now, you'll be baptized in the Holy Spirit. 
And every time they gather together, they ask Jesus, Lord, is this the time now for us, for you're going to free Israel and restore our kingdom? And he answered, the Father is the one who sets the fixed dates and the times of their fulfillment. You're not permitted to know the timing of all that. He is prepared by his own authority. But I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be filled with power. And you'll be my messengers to Jerusalem, throughout Judea, the distant provinces, even to the remotest ends, places of the earth. And right after he spoke these words, the disciples saw Jesus lifted into the sky and disappear into a cloud. All right, so a couple of things we want to talk about. And kind of where we're going today, we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about Pentecost Sunday. Then we're going to talk about how do we get the Holy Spirit? What are signs of the Holy Spirit? What happens when we live lives of the Holy Spirit? For those who are type A and kind of want to know where I'm going. So these couple first passages, Jesus has appeared to his disciples. He's, um, he's been, walked around for 40 days showing people that he actually was raised from the dead. And he said, wait in, wait in Jerusalem for the Holy Spirit. And this word actually used in verse 7 for power is dynamics, which we get the word dynamite from. So he's not describing just, oh, you're going to be kind of changed. The word he's using is dynamite blows things up. Once something looks like something in dynamite is ignited to it, it's never the same. And so this word that he's using is a powerful word. Uh, uh, that's play on words. But because he, he also before in John 16, he said, but very truly I tell you, it is good for me that I'm going away. Unless I go, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And then he ascended into heaven. Okay, we're going to jump forward to Acts 2. So now they're, Jesus has ascended into heaven and they're waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. On the day of Pentecost, on the day Pentecost was being fulfilled, all the disciples were gathered in one place. And suddenly they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was all anyone could bear. Then all at once, a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. They were all fulfilled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned. Now at the time, there were many Jewish worshipers who had immigrated from many different lands in, to live in Jerusalem. When the people of the city heard the roaring sound, crowds came running to where it was coming from, stunned over what was happening, because each one of them could hear the disciples speaking in his or her own language. Bewildered, they said to one another, aren't these Galileans? So how is it that we hear them speaking in our own languages? We are northeastern Iranians, northwestern Iranians, Elamites, those from Mesopotamia, Judea, East Central Turkey, the coastal areas of the Black Sea, Asia, North Central Turkey, Southern Turkey, Egypt, Libyans, those who are the neighbors of Cyrene, visitors from all over the Roman Empire, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. Yet we hear them speaking of God's mighty wonders in our own dialects. They all stood there dumbfounded and astonished, saying to one another, What is this phenomenon? But others poked fun at them and said, Oh, they're just drunk on new wine. Then Peter stood up with the 11 apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, my fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. You need to clearly understand what is happening here. These, day, these people are not drunk like you think they are, for it is only 9 o'clock in the morning. This is the fulfillment of what was prophesied through the prophet of Joel. 
that this is what will happen in the last days. I will pour out my spirit on everybody and cause your sons and your daughters to prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will experience dreams from God. The Holy Spirit will come on all my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. I will reveal startling signs and the wonders above and miracles on the heavens, on the miracles on the earth below. And then he goes on to talk about different signs at the end times and he ends with, but everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. All right. What do y'all think about that? I mean, okay, let's just talk about that. And let's talk about why the Holy Spirit showed up on Pentecost. Guys, this is significant. God chose this day for many, many reasons. Actually, in, I know in the church calendar, this is celebrated. I have a friend who goes to a Catholic church and she heard I was preaching on this and she said, were well, you going to wear red? That's what you're supposed to wear on Pentecost Sunday. And I was like, I didn't know that and I don't own any red because it doesn't look good with my hair color. So I was like, I'm not wearing red. You've got to get a good laugh out of that one. So actually today marks the 50th day after Passover. And, and actually um, Pentecost is an agricultural festival. It's the day, the day when all the farmers would gather all their first fruits, the sheaf of their wheat, and they were presented to God as a thanksgiving, as a heart of gratitude, and also as a blessing of the harvest, because that's when the harvest, that was when they would start gathering all of their labor, all right? But for the Jew, neither Passover or Pentecost was just an agriculture festival, agricultural festival. This was a time they stopped and they remembered when God delivered them in Passover, when he delivered them from slavery and brought them out. And the Passover, the blood over their doors so they would not, their youngest would not die, right? And then he, they, he passed over them and he set them free. And then once they were set free, 50 days later is when Moses went up to Mount Sinai to get the Ten Commandments. I mean, there's so much parallels in this, guys. Moses ascended to Mount Sinai, and he came down with the law to help them know how to live their lives. Jesus ascended into heaven and sent Holy Spirit down and showed the disciples how to live their lives. Do y'all see the parallels? This is, not, this is not as, oh, God's going, okay, this sounds like a good day to send the Holy Spirit. It was very marked. And if we miss that, we miss the significance of this whole scene. Because this scene is epic, guys. This isn't just... I mean, I remember growing up, I, when I think of Pentecost, I think of when, as I grew up, you know, fires on people's heads, a little wind, people thinking people are drunk. And that is just so much more than that, right? The wind was so heavy that people were running from Jerusalem to see what was happening from all around the city of Jerusalem. It's not a little woohoo wind. I mean, it was a roaring, roaring of a wind, right? And so I just, we, we got to get started on this. And um, N.T. Wright, I'm going to read a little bit, a little bit on N.T. Wright because he talks about this. And he says, Pentecost is a word with a very particular meaning, which Luke wants to grasp. Luke is the author of, of Acts. But of course, the first day of Pentecost and the experience of God's Spirit from that day to this can no more be reduced to a theological formula and interesting Old Testament echoes than you can reduce a hurricane to a list of diagrams on a meteorologist's chart. It's important that someone somewhere is tracking the hurricane and telling you what's going on. But when it comes to Pentecost, it's far more important. Okay, this is for those who are who logically can't get around this. It's far more important that you're out there in the wind, letting it sweep through your life, your heart, your imagination, your powers of speech, and transform you from a listless, 
or lifeless believer into someone whose heart is on fire with the love of God. Those images of wind and fire are, of course, what Luke was saying was like on this first day. And then he goes on, see, Luke is clearly describing in his book of Acts something new, something that launched a great movement as a fleet of ships is launched by a strong wind that drives them out to the sea or a forest fire that is started by a few small flames. He intends to explain how it was that with a small group of frightened, puzzled, and largely uneducated men and women could so quickly become, as they undoubtedly did, a force to be reckoned with right across the known world. Guys, the Holy Spirit showed up, and none of them were ever the same. You are not the same when you experience the Holy Spirit. And also, what's going on here is there's people from all... Did you listen to all the places people were from? There was much diversity. When Holy Spirit's come, unity happens. Unity happens. And so we, they, they got to hear the, the language of their tongue. They got to hear the gospel spoken in their language, and they were never the same. And then they got poked fun of, oh, you guys are just drunk. Well, you know what? I will say that when you actually start following Holy Spirit, you'll be doing some things, not necessarily that are crazy, but that make people feel uncomfortable. And you will get persecuted. Even for me personally, this last month, there's been two specific things that I felt Holy Spirit say, Lindy, don't compromise on this. And I haven't, and I've been persecuted for it. And you know what? It's not if you get persecuted, it's when. But my encouragement is every time you step out and you, you, you do something that Holy Spirit is encouraging you to do, He always meets you. He never leaves you high and dry. Never, never, never. Okay, so one more thing to wrap up this, this uh, part about the Pentecost is that Peter quotes the prophet Joel. And guys, this is fascinating too. Joel had prophesied this. And Peter's connecting it with the promise of Joel that God would pour out his spirit in a new way. Up to this moment, God had acted by his spirit among people. But it usually been in one person here, a couple people here, priests, prophets, righteous men and women. But now in a sudden burst of fresh divine energy released through the death and the resurrection of Jesus. None of this could have happened without the death and resurrection of Jesus. God's spirit is being poured on on all people. Young, old, men, women, slave, free, you, me. Y'all, that is so that we have access to the, to the, to the Father and Jesus via the Holy Spirit right now. We, I think we just take it for granted because we live post-Holy Spirit anointing, right? Because this is something we have to grasp onto. My experience with the Holy Spirit, I grew up in a Christian home, loved the church I grew up in. My parents loved Jesus. The Holy Spirit wasn't talked about. And I, I'm sorry if I bothers you and I just say Holy Spirit. That's kind of the way I... I don't say the Holy Spirit. I just say Holy Spirit. So hopefully it doesn't bother anybody. But um, we, I didn't grow up knowing that God could speak. I, I, didn't, I didn't grow up I mean, in, um, desiring the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And when I was in college, I got wrecked. Started going to a, a cell-based church, a small group church. Started experiencing God. Got hungry. I mean, we would travel. I was living in Abilene. We would travel to Oklahoma to go to worship nights. We'd travel to Metroplex to go to worship nights. We'd gather around for hours, and we started seeing God do stuff. And I was a pediatric nurse, and I started, Holy Spirit started saying, pray for that person. And I started seeing people healed. I started seeing kids in the pediatric ward healed. I started seeing coworkers come to know the Lord. I had a friend's daughter who had these growths on her throat. She'd had 12 surgeries, and she was nine. And they were going to eventually going to have to trach her or she would just not be able to survive. And we just prayed a simple prayer for her. And she went to her surgery the next day and completely healed. Completely. And, and, her, vo- and her voice was completely restored. 
And so, I mean, I was just like, and at many times there was ministry time. I was there. I was like, I want it all. I mean, that's why I feel so passionately about ministry time because I've got so many personal breakthroughs when I've just taken that step. And awkward as it may be, and I don't know you, and you're going to pray for me, and, and God shows up, right? So this is where I'm coming from. And so a couple things I want to talk about is what the Holy Spirit is. And guys, John 14, 25 through 26, Jesus says this. He says, all this I've spoken while still with you, but the advocate, don't you love that word? Who wants an advocate? I mean, seriously, I want, a, I want an advocate. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Y'all, he's our comforter. He is such a good comforter. He's a better comforter than your spouse. He's a better comforter than your best friend who just has the gift of empathy. He, I just, there's so many times where he has comforted me. My mom passed away a little over two years ago and I was with her the last night of her life. She was, she was chronically ill, but she died suddenly, if that makes sense. We didn't know she was going to die. I was with her the last night she was in the hospital and I didn't know. I didn't know it was her last night. And so when she died, the months after that, it was winter. We lived over here in Wedgwood at the time. And I would just get in front of the fireplace in the morning and I'd just be like, Oh, come. I had a couple of regrets from that night, not knowing this was her last time on earth. And the comfort of the Holy Spirit showed up and just like a blanket would just surround me morning after morning. And these are the kinds of things that, I mean, I am wrecked. I cannot imagine my life without the Holy Spirit because I am a mess. I know you can sit up here and look at me and if you don't know me. If you know me well, you're like, yeah, I know she, <laughs> she is a mess. But if you don't know me, you can say, oh, look, she's on staff and she's going to preach. But I'm telling you, without the Holy Spirit, I am mean. I am. Ask my kids. I apologize a lot. I can be a nag. Ask my husband. I mean, the, the dripping faucet, you know, I mean, I can be that. I, I can be ugly. I can be in line at Walmart and be like, why are they returning that half bottle of shampoo? Obviously, they didn't like it when they used it the first time. I mean, I can have so many judgments. I mean, I can just be ugly with that Holy Spirit. And so that's why I feel so passionate about this. And I remind him of his job description a lot. The next one, he's our counselor. Specifically, this one was like, Holy Spirit, you said you're my counselor. As a mom, glory, glory. He, he's helped me so many times. He's woken me up so many times the night. Go pray for your kids. Go check their phones. Go check the, the, the computers. I mean, y'all, he's on it with us if we allow him to, if you want him to. But he doesn't, he's not forcing himself on us, right? So he's our counselor. Last night I was going over this with Conan, and he brought up a story, and he gave me permission to use it. And um, we had just remarried. Conan had a many, many year addiction to nicotine. And, um, it was really, really hard to kick. We had just been married, and I thought that addiction was gone. He was traveling a lot. I found a cigarette butt in our front yard, and he came home from his trip. He's like, hey. I'm like, hey. Holy Spirit was like, ask him. So he sits down. I was like, hey, found a cigarette butt in the front yard. Is that yours? And of course, Connie was like, for one, it wasn't his. And he's like, I'm not that stupid to leave a cigarette butt in the front yard, you know? Uh, but he was like, no. And I was like, Holy Spirit was like, ask him again. I said, is that your cigarette bud? He said, no. And Holy Spirit said, ask him again. And I said, was that your cigarette bud? And he broke down. It wasn't even actually his cigarette, right? But he had two weeks earlier gone to men's retreat and had brought in the light this really hard addiction with nicotine 
that he had tried for years to break. And God had started doing something in his heart. And that discussion with us broke it in him. And he has not had nicotine in 18 years. Yeah. And I'll, I'll talk about this later, but Holy Spirit give you counsel. And it gives you power to set you free from things that you want freedom from. All right. And going along with this, he reminds us of the words of Jesus. Don't take credit when you're sitting there and you need some wisdom and you, a verse pops in your head or scripture that you've memorized as a kid, you're reminded of. That's Holy Spirit prompting you. Guys, he is in this. He is, that's why I don't, I, even, even coming here, I'm like, oh, I don't want to look like I, I know everything about the Holy Spirit because I don't and I can't squeeze it in in, in 20 minutes. But because it, it's not about me, it's not about you. It's about the Holy Spirit waiting to come and reminding us, being our comforter, being our counselor. And the last one gives us power to live supernatural lives. This looks different for everyone. For one of you, it may be this, you're shy and you're at your workplace and God says, go ask that person if you can pray for him. And you're like, oh, Holy Spirit, are you sure? And you, you do. And the person breaks down and starts crying and you have an inroad in their heart. I mean, that may be you. That may be me a few weeks ago. We're having a conversation with one of, our, one of our boys, and we needed to pray to seal the conversation, and I didn't have it in me. I mean, I was like, I did not want to pray. I was maybe come, you know, bless. I mean, that's pretty much all I had. I had no, no words, no energy, no desire. Let's just, uh, no desire. And um, I laid my hands on this son, and I started praying in the Holy Spirit. And this is what I, this wasn't about me. The Holy Spirit came and started giving me words and desires to pray for this child. And afterwards, Connie goes, what happened? And I'm like, the Holy Spirit showed up. And you know what happened in those three minutes? I was hopeless. I had no energy. I was so discouraged. Three minutes later, I had hope restored. I had faith. I had joy. You can't manufacture that on your own, people. You cannot. That's called the Holy Spirit showing up and empowering you. All right, so how to receive the Holy Spirit? It's very simple. We ask him, we invite him. Luke eleven thirteen says, if you then know how you are evil, how you know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? But you have to be willing to ask him. As I was preparing this message, I thought the Holy Spirit was like, dude, I'm always, I'm always wanting to come. He didn't say dude. Well, actually, he probably did because I like to use that word sometimes. But do you know how there's something maybe you want to be invited to? Maybe it was prom or a, a social or a wedding or a party. And the, you get the invite either, I mean, nowadays text or evite or on the phone or in the mail. And you're like, dude, I'm, I'm all in. I'm, 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 I'm moving whatever is on my schedule to go to that, right? I know how RSVPs go. I play in a lot of the events in this church, right? Let's just, come on. Um, Holy Spirit's not like, let me wait till something better comes along. Let me see if someone better comes along. He comes every time. He's waiting for you to say, come. He is eager to come, but we have to ask him. All right, so how do we see more of the Holy Spirit? We ask him and we get in his presence. We get in his presence. We, we do this alone and we do this corporately. You guys, I always tell people, we went church planning for nine years in Hawaii. And I always tell people, if you don't know how to encourage yourself in the Lord, you and you alone, you don't need to go anywhere to go plant a church because you'll get crushed. And I say to each one of you, if you don't have, if you don't know how to buy yourself, you're down, your things are not going too well, how to 
how to press into Jesus and allow Holy Spirit to encourage your spirit, I challenge you to make that number one priority because it will change your life. So one thing, way I do that is I, I soak. I like to use that word soak. You're like, what does she do? She's going to take a bath. Well, actually, I am very excited. I didn't know that there was a baptism Sunday, and I was like, this is good. I'm not going to get in the water. But this is going to be awesome for what I'm going to try to demonstrate. I, I love doing this with kids. I first wanted to do this 20 years ago from a guy, Keith Luker. Some of you guys know him. And we started doing this at kids' retreats. And I would see kids laid out. Emily, you were like in elementary school. She was part of this group. They'd be, they, would, they would soak in the presence of God. And I'd be like, wow, that hyper child is actually being still. And they were actually getting pictures from, from heaven, getting words. God really, really loves me. God really, really sees me. And so we start teaching this concept of soaking. And the way we, I like to describe it, and I'm going to share a little picture, is this is our heart many times. And when we get squeezed and, it, and it's dry and it's hard because we have it being getting filled up. And we try to squeeze it. Life squeezes us, guys, doesn't it? Nothing comes out but, but, our, but our stuff. But when we get soaked in the Holy Spirit and we discipline ourselves, this used to be a discipline for me and now it's something I just have to do. And we get squeezed, beautiful Holy Spirit comes out. And guys, we need constant feelings. This is not a one-time shop. This is not, I mean, Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit in chapter four. The whole place, they were filled again with the Holy Spirit and the whole place sh shook. There's, read Acts over and over. They were filled with the Holy Spirit, this happened. They were filled with the Holy Spirit, this happened. This is not, we leak. We leak. We have basketballs all at my house and I'm always trying to find the pump, you know, that goes in the, uh, and then you, I, the other day it broke off and I was so bummed because it was like, now we have a flat ball. We can't get it full. That's us though. We need constant filling. All right? We need it alone. We need it corporately. You need it, you need it anytime. There, there's places where you know God's going to show up. Have your kids there. That's why I want my kids and everything's like, you never know. You never know when God's going to show up and touch your kid. Camp, retreats, worship nights, corporately getting life group, even when you don't want to. Even when you're the brother, stay home and order pizza and watch a movie. I've never, never had a life group where afterwards I go, yeah, should have heard, should have stayed home, should have canceled it. Never, because he always is faithful to show up when we will take that step with him. All right. Oh, I've got a, I've got a motor here, guys. Um, okay. And also, there's no camp highs. When you go to camp, mission trip, and you come back and go, oh, that was just a camp high. No, that's what life looks like when you're being filled with the Holy Spirit on a consistent basis. And I'm not saying life circumstances. Guys, I mean, I'm, I'm this, I'm this. But I will tell you that I know in order to fulfill God's will in my life, I have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So what does it look like when we give Holy Spirit permission? We see fruit. Galatians 5, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those are what we're going for. And when I before had children, and I love being, by the way, I love being a mom. If you know me, you know I love being a mom. I enjoy it, but it's been the most refining thing um, that I've experienced. Before children, I looked at the Holy Spirit, uh, gifts for, for the Spirit, and I'd be like, uh-huh, yeah, I could work on that one. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Now, there's been days I'd be like, nope, uh, none, zero. I don't have that at all. I don't know what happened to that. I mean, just, right? So it's a constant thing to be looking. Do I have love? Do I have joy? Is there peace in my life? Do I have patience? And if there's an area where you don't, ask Holy Spirit to fill that area because these are fruits. Okay, next we have gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I mean, can y'all believe I'm going to teach you the gifts of the Holy Spirit in one minute because I don't have time. So we believe though, 
1 Corinthians 12, in chapter 12 and chapter 14, talks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we believe in all the gifts of the Holy Spirit, gifts of healing, gifts of prophecy, gifts of service, gifts of hospitality, gifts of tongues, gifts of invitation of tongues. God's preaching, teaching, we believe it all. And many of those gifts, we have to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. So when you pray for someone, I mean, when I was a first nurse, I started praying for the gift of healing. Well, do you know what happens if you want to see people healed? You have to pray for them. And that takes obedience, and that takes walking out and going, okay, the Holy Spirit asked me to pray for this person, right? Or the gift of prophecy. God gives you a word of encouragement to someone, and you don't know them. Holy Spirit saying, go, go tell them. And the Holy Spirit will empower you to go and give a word of encouragement. All these gifts, but, you know, we never want to elevate the gifts over the fruit. If you have amazing gifts and you don't have love, it's worth nothing. It's like a clanging cymbal. You can say that this mountain move, and if you don't have love, it doesn't matter. And that's why this series is so important, that we want to be marked by, by love. When I die, I want people to say, she loved people so well. I would love for people to say that about me. And that's why we want to live it out in love. When we have Holy Spirit permission, we learn to hear his voice. We slow down to listen. And we don't just listen, we obey. That still small voice that many times we just go, "Uh uh-huh. But when we slow down enough to hear his voice, we teach our kids to hear his voice. John 10, 27 says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they, they know my voice. Teaching your kids is so important at early, early ages. I remember teaching Joshua and Joah. They were tiny. I'd get them on my bed in Hawaii. I still remember this. And I would sing, um, how about the little song sing? Holy Spirit, come speak to, that's not it. I can't remember it now. Whatever. I sing this little song about the Holy Spirit to come speak to us. And I'll be like, what did y'all hear? I saw a green dinosaur. Yes, God makes grand dinosaurs. Isn't he so creative? I love it that, that God gave you a picture of a dinosaur. And then it, as your kids get older, you start, Joe was in a base basketball team. We always have a rule. You start a sport, you finish a sport. But this coach was like out of control. He was mean. He cussed at him. He'd be like, I mean, he would say mean things. We're like, Joe, if you want to get out, we bless you. But go hear the Lord. So he heard the Lord and he came back and said, no, I'm supposed to stay on the team and be a lot. And we're like, Okay, which is really good because Connor broke up a fight like three weeks later between him and a uh, parent. So we're so glad that Joe has stayed on the team because Connor had been there. I don't know what would happen. But the point is we're trying to raise our kids to hear God's voice, and God wants to speak to us. We receive power, guys, when we have permission from the Holy Spirit. We give him permission in our lives. Power against temptation. Power to be set free against nicotine, against things you've been struggling, mindsets, mind patterns, things that you've been struggling with for, for decades, for years. Holy Spirit wants to come and bring breakthrough. Unity. We seek unity. In areas where, where there's not unity, our hearts break. Whether that's in your immediate family or in your workplace or racially, we, 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 we do something because Holy Spirit loves unity. I'm going to go and ask the worship team to come on up. We live it out in love is the last thing. We love others well. The power of love inside us causes us to love people that aren't like us, that we personally don't maybe enjoy. They're different personalities. We get so filled up in our areas of influence that we love in such a way that changes atmospheres. It changes cultures. It changes lives. I know a couple stories of people in this body who allow the Lord to supernaturally give them the ability to forgive someone in the moment, in a conflict, 
And I mean, I could tell stories right now specifically. I know of a few in the last year of Holy Spirit literally descended on, on them and they were able to forgive. I know a young man in this body who got rocked, the Holy Spirit, about a year and a half ago. And his mom was like, he's just marked by love. He just loves people. And we were at a banquet the other night at our school. And I looked over and I saw this, this, this guy. He's in college. I was like, what's he doing over there? I saw some of the wait staff. He was talking to him. And I thought, I bet you he's sharing the gospel with them. Next thing I know, I'll look over there. There's 12 of the wait staff. We're at a country club here in Fort Worth. And he is holding hands with them and they're praying. And I was like, that's being full of the Holy Spirit. And that's not his personality. That's the Holy Spirit coming on him. We want to be people that are marked by love. And what we're going to do right now is a little different. We're going to do a little soaking time. Just what I described. And what this means is we're going to play some music. I'm going to have everybody close their eyes. And you're just going to be still in this picture. Holy Spirit coming over you and washing you. And I do this in the mornings. I'm pretty consistent doing this. Anytime my family's in conflict, our kids are, we all get in the den and say, we're going to soak in the presence of peace comes in our home. So I'm just going to pray a prayer. We're just going to soak. I'm going to everybody close your eyes. Holy Spirit, we just ask you to come. ask you to move. ask you to fill us up right now. receive anything the Father wants to say to you. Ask Him to come. If you've never asked Him to come and be a part your life. Ask Him right now. Say, Holy Spirit, I want you. Just come. I felt like the Lord was going to felt like he was going to maybe bring healing to some people during the soaking time. If you're physically ill, just pray the Father washes over you. Holy Spirit washes over. Brings physical healing, emotional healing. Let him wash away your worries, your anxieties, your frustrations. Let him just replace it with faith. And and 
breakthrough and healing and power. Love. Lord, we thank you for what you've done in this just little few minutes. We've just stopped and said, we want you to come. We thank you that you're faithful. We're going to transition. We're just going to have a few minutes of ministry time. If you're on the ministry team, go ahead and come up. And I encourage you, if God is stirring something in you, you're like, I want what she's talking about. I don't have her. I want more. Or I need breakthrough in this area. Just come up and get prayer. God wants to meet you. I want everybody to go and stand up. I'm sorry. I know you were in the presence of the Lord. I wish we could stay here. But see, this is what's going to happen tomorrow morning. Go home and do this. Put on a song and just lie in His presence and see what happens. We're going to go ahead and have a few minutes of ministry time. So come on, get up and get prayed for. If God is prompting you, amen.